1: All right, lucky Lucky podcast. We got some super chats to get to. And we got one FTC question right now. Before we get to those questions though left, let me tell you something. I might have witnessed might have witnessed the worst episode of power ever last night.
2: It was it was the worst because so many things
1: were just like no, no I way. It was like, "Dude, why no. are we fast forward forwarding through like storylines like what yeah man, yeah what yeah the Sa
2: ended too quick it was crashed out way too quick uh the Effie and Kane was too too quick because she rough. just because just got a fake busted by the DEA. and then 20 seconds later she get busted again but this time they got her though when they rolled down the window and Laura was like that's her oh <laughs> Her face
1: was priceless though. She knew she was.
2: And then Kane was faced with priceless too. But Kane should have known because Tariq. I don't know why Tariq didn't say Lauren was alive way before. He could. He could.
1: But then he would have known
2: about Sax.
1: Well, he found out about Sax from Lauren, right? After
2: after she after he went and got Effie to no to, see,
1: Tariq. To, Tariq, Tariq set up real bad. He doesn't trust Kane, so
2: no, he doesn't trust Kane.
1: Absolutely, he wasn't tripping. Kane. He talked
2: about Mel, Nate. Talk about you. You know about this. <laughs> you, know, you know what they doing. He the only one staying focused.
1: Man, the cat's like, man, look, I am trying to get money back from RSJ.
2: Man, RSJ
1: not playing no games <laughs> neither. And then all of a sudden, just this Fortune five hundred company is just like the Madoff. A power now, right? Like, oh. It's just a Ponzi scheme. Oh, the whole thing. It's just too much, man. It's, it's too, too much,
2: much. Is that where is it gonna much. go? They knocking off dudes left and right. Davis is about to pull the strap on sacks <laughs> as soon as he I'm like, Dang Davis, you you're a lawyer. What you doing?
1: <laughs> hey, all lawyers need a strap, though. Keep it above. I guess so. If you're a good lawyer, especially a good defense lawyer, you definitely make sure you have a nickel plated. In the desk at all times,
2: I mean, my goodness. So, yeah, I don't know where this is gonna go from here because Diana just is the oddball in this whole situation. And then you got Drew, who is the serial killer, emotional. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew gotta go next for me personally. I thought he should have went before Saks because what is Drew's role for real? Like, honestly, he just out here, Dude, serial killing, bro, crying. Doing the, the absolute most.
1: This dude is like getting hugs, therapeutic hugs from everyone
2: on the TV, crying,
1: going viral, news.
2: like what showing up, showing up to the dude hotel with the other guy, like just and what, like throwing stuff in the house. What you, what you breaking stuff for? <laughs> like k said, what you,
1: what's wrong with this dude? <laughs> I was like, yo okay, if this lines up with 50 leaving, choosing to lead stars and they're like, man, we got to get through this storyline because we're going to start afresh on a new network, then that's fine. I guess that's what you have to do from a business standpoint. But man, that was some bad. That was some awful writing. That it was, was some, some awful writing. writing how
2: they did sex like that. Because I didn't understand why the, the side character taking him out. Like,
1: what? It just made no sense. Like, dude, like, so now they know nothing about what's going on. Sax was the key. Sax was the key. And Tariq sitting there the whole
2: time, like,
1: <laughs> when-
2: he looked like, he looked like uh, uh, our dude Franklin. When, uh, his, his mom
1: killed Teddy.
2: He was just like, what? Why would you do that?
1: oh man it was crazy it was absolutely insane lucky lefty podcast so benny the butcher you knew it was coming it was only a matter of
2: stuff
1: the freddie gibbs stuff but also man look the joint with benny conway the machine and fabulous brooklyn chop house if you have not heard it, give it a listen. You knew Jordan Poole was going to be the laughing stock of hip hop over the summer. You already knew it. 100k. Man. I knew
2: it was a bar. Somebody got it as
1: a bar. Oh, man. Benny said, I'm trying to buy a, a rap, a, tr- a truck like Jordan Poole. Mm. <laughs> they already going at his head. Already what going did, at his what head. What did he
2: buy it on, though? on one date what do you even buy for that much for one day
1: first of all the only way that works if he pulls what quavo pulled on uh what's her name sweetie oh sweet well he leased it and once they broke up he went and picked it up if if he's leasing her the vehicle and for the length of their relationship and they break up and he goes and pulls it and sells it back to the dealership. Then okay. It really yeah. doesn't matter, in my opinion. You're still a sucker. And that just lets you know. He just got money and he's already spending it on a female that he hardly knows. And like, <laughs> like, like, like Mason Why you Cameron. You sound like, that? <laughs> like, like Mason Cameron said, bro, she's from the Bronx. It don't even take all that.
2: They said, yeah, they said you, t- you get a slice of pizza and a
3: soda,
2: bro. Dang. <laughs> slice of pizza and a soda, 12
1: bucks. Man, that's it. Just go they to a nice food. bodega in the Bronx, slice of pizza, soda. Chopped cheeses or something. Man, you have You'd been try. in there. This dude up here. They
2: said you, 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 you did way too much for
1: that. <laughs> way too much? Cameron said, in your game of suffering. And your game is suffering. Your
3: game is suffering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get to some of these FTC questions. Tyler Smith said, would you guys say LeBron changed Jordan's game when he came into the league? People say Jordan changed the game that makes him the GOAT, but why isn't LeBron the GOAT for changing the game? I, I
2: think Jordan was just the best player in the game. Whereas, like, Steph Curry changed the game because he made three-point shooting cool.
1: No, Mike, Mike changed the game because you could not win a championship, according to people in the NBA, unless you won it through the big man. It was all about the center, all about the big man. Mike was the first person to prove that you can have a dominant wing player to build a team around. And that's when you came with the Tracy McGrady's and Kobe's. He changed – people started looking at the game and building rosters differently after Mike. Oh, yeah, more about definitely wing players.
3: Okay. Yeah,
1: it was more about the wing players. He changed the game in that way. LeBron is just a one-on-one. I don't even know if he's changed the game. He's just – He's just a one-on-one, right? Yeah, because no one – you can't say, oh, I want to well, build something. Well, I want to build me, something. There is no LeBron – no one else has a LeBron. The big three
2: against LeBron. That's where that came from. Remember salt uh, the Celtics, Kevin Garnett teamed up with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. The big three, that was because LeBron. So that I guess they built rosters to beat LeBron at that time. And then he broke that up and they went to Brooklyn and he broke it up again. Oh, okay. Then he had to play the super big three with the Splash Brothers and Draymond. He had to break that up again
3: mm-hmm.
2: in GOAT fashion. Had it had them had them flying out to the Hamptons for Kevin Durant. So I don't know if you can give credit for changing the game or just him just being a great player.
1: Now see, Jay Henry said Bron started at the point four Eric. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> come on, man. We're not about to just ignore Scottie Pippen like that. Stop. Stop! We're not, we're not gonna do that. And I'm not saying scotty Pippen is on the same level as LeBron, but come on, man! LeBron uh, didn't start keep... the point four era. No, he. You not, you not, you not giving LeBron that? No, he didn't start that, man. Um, come on, man, he didn't start that. You part. sure? Because I'm pretty sure you started seeing. Bro, are you kidding me? You know how many times I heard scotty Pippen point forward growing up watching Bulls games. Probably, but that was just that team it was and that's like, the fact like, probably... what, how many point fours are in the league right now i don't know the what fact that you, you can't even the fact that you can't even what would you say though point fours Somebody said it in the chat, Zion could be considered a point forward if he stayed healthy because mm-hmm. he really does bring the ball up and they run the <laughs> offense through him. Other than that? Treymon's a point forward. It's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, said, Question who was the biggest in the decommit or recent memory who hurt the most? Brandon <laughs> uh I don't know, actually. Oh, dude, I don't know if it was decommitment or it just didn't work, but when they can kind of Alex off,
2: Anzalone. I would say Alex Anzalone. Ooh, that was a good one.
1: The He's still playing. Okay. That's a good one. Ended up going to Florida and
2: got drafted and still playing. So,
1: yeah, I don't know if it was decommitment, but I know when Randy Moss caught that case and had to dip out of the 93 class, that's the greatest <laughs> one. Yeah, that's the greatest <laughs> one right there. <laughs> that that hurts well,
2: Ron Paulus over Peyton Manny.
1: That's another that, big that part
2: for several reasons. So either so either the Randy Moss one or the Ron Paulus over Peyton Manning is probably the biggest.
1: God, dog, what the hell were they thinking?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll say Alex Anzalone.
1: They took Ron Paulus over Peyton Manning? Yeah.
2: But Peyton was trash in college for real. He wasn't He wasn't Peyton Manning of the, the Hall of Famer.
1: He was Ron Peyton. Paulus. He was better than Ron Paulus, but you know,
2: Peyton Manning didn't win the championship. T. Martin did, <laughs> and that was a year mm-hmm. after Peyton left, wasn't it? Mm. I'm not gonna say Peyton Manny wasn't was trash in college, but he didn't beat Florida when he was there.
1: Hey. <laughs> they didn't have a better team. They did a <laughs> they just didn't have a better team. I'm not mad at them for that. Yeah, I guess Draymond could be Draymond could be considered a point four. Clyde, you're right. He could be considered a point four. Yeah, that's what I said. I said Draymond Draymond. Had a, you know what? Draymond played an incredible game last night. I just he need been an incredible to, game in the King series too. I need him to get LeBron's mouth name out his mouth as much though. Man, you're competitor though, right now, bro. Stop loving on this dude so much, man. He just at least wait his, at
3: least man.
1: wait until you're done him. with them. You know, you see Steph ain't Steph ain't talking all that. Stuff Steph like was, look,
2: Steph walking down the sideline talking to LeBron, laughing with him on in the yeah, sun. that's cool.
1: That's cool. But Steph ain't going doing a podcast talking about oh, man, you know. I
3: just
2: man. look, Draymond. Draymond's thinking about his next team and career after this, because he know he ain't with the Warriors after this. Man,
1: Ryan Loftus, Shauna Malik, how did you get? How did you two get linked up? How did this show come to be? So I had these you pictures. So, of, right? I had these pictures of left from college. In a compromising position. (laughs) (laughs) No, we both, well, we both met on Irish Breakdown doing a show. And then literally, I just hit him up and asked him if he wanted to do a show.
3: Yeah,
2: that was it. Since then, we've been in business.
1: That was it. That was as simple as that. As simple as that. I think we both recognized. So somehow, some way, we were like on the same segment and we were cracking jokes. And it was just like, okay, this works. And from there, it was just like, okay, we did the show. And yeah, we're here. Super Chat, Truman, do mail. Are you going to do another LL Chicago Bears podcast? I'm a Jets fan. Man, that's unfortunate that you're a Jets fan, my brother. <laughs> but you're making I don't oh, know. He said, but you're making the Bears my number two team. Oh, that's what's up. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, the NFL is going a long way to make sure the Bears are, are situating themselves to be successful in the next few years. So, you know. I'm glad. But yes, we do have some more Chicago programming coming in the next month or so. You know, that's part of our business expanding. We do have more content, and Left is out there on the Left Coast. And uh, hopefully, we'll have Los Angeles content coming in the near future as well. Another super chat. Can Notre Dame football be number one in recruiting, or at least the recruiting equivalent of a young Mike Tyson simply dominate? I'm pretty amped. Can Notre Dame ever be number one in recruiting, Left? I'ma say no. <laughs> I'ma say no to. <laughs> Just because the rank the people that do the rankings. I'm
3: not gonna give
2: us a fair shake unless we legit get number one in every category. But you know yeah. what they start doing then? They start dropping dude stars, of course. Now they dropping guys stars, and now they not. They don't know now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no.
3: There's no way.
1: Yeah. This time we got to have the Lord. They're talking about this background. <laughs> no, I...
2: yard work, man, real serious business out there.
1: Hey, hey, speaking of yard work, bro, let me tell you something, man. It's not a lot of things that bug me. It's this viral video going around, But somehow the video from inside a cockpit at night, they show what it looks like when uh. What pilots are looking at at nighttime? What pirates are looking at at
3: nighttime? Pilots, pilots, oh, pilots, oh, oh, pilots oh,
1: okay. are looking at out the window of the cockpit as they're going through turbulence, and it is very—it's something else to see what they what they see, which is nothing. That's basically what they see. Nothing but darkness. It's
2: nothing is just happening, kind
1: of thing. No, it's like literally. Let's see if I can retweet it. It is like darkness mixed with clouds, and it's like man, there's, there's you can't see anything. So literally, everything is about the instrumentation. And knowing your numbers and knowing the board and making sure you're going in the right direction because you can't depend upon your sight, right? You can't. Oh, so you can't it's kind of like
2: that perception thing. You just kind of like doing your job in the midst of uh, it, but you're not thinking of it as I'm in the plane. It's like I can't see nothing. So I kind of just got to do my job thing.
1: And just because you can't see anything, it doesn't mean that you still can't do your job, right? you just can't depend on your eyes now you have to depend upon everything that you've been trained to do (laughs) based upon everything that's in front of you and it was an interesting concept because I thought about it I took off yesterday in New Orleans and (laughs) (laughs) we took off and I'm like you know, you forget what New Orleans is, right? Yeah. So we take off, and like I open my eyes, and I'm like, yo, why are we flying out over this water? Cause I still say flying out of LAX is the craziest takeoff ever. Because you fly deep, they take you at least, they take you, they always take you out to the Pacific before they turn. Yeah. Pacific, and then they bang the left, and then they start setting that course, right? So they kind of did the same thing yesterday, and I just forgot for a second that the gulf is right there, and I'm like, man, what the heck is going on? And then all of a sudden, my man just hits the left left turn, and we started leaning, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I immediately went back to sleep, bro. Mm-hmm. What's the worst, what's your worst city to take off from or land in. I
2: don't like anything about flying so I don't like any part of it. (laughs) I can't go to sleep on planes, nothing. (laughs) So flying, the flying experience is the worst experience for me. (laughs)
1: Look, man, the worst, the craziest place to land is Denver. It's yeah, literally in the, you have to go up over the mountains and then come down?
2: That's crazy, yeah.
1: You're right. Denver's been crazy for me. Denver is wild.
2: Utah too. Wild. Utah was about wow, crazy for me too.
1: I've never been out of uh, I've never flown or flown into. No, New York you the kind of nervous because
2: it's like the Utah airport is kind of like simply and it's kind of small and it just throw you off, you know, you're like "Eh, too much, too much opportunity for something to happen. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But yeah, that just, that just hit me yesterday. Like, man, when, how much, how much belief do you have in, in, in training? When things, (laughs) like, how tough is it to believe in a program when you're not seeing the success that you think you should be seeing? How much believe? Like, how tough is it? Like, kids bought into Marcus Freeman, and 9-4 and is not what that team saw. I guarantee you that team last year didn't see themselves going nine and four. This year they might go ten and three, eleven and two. And let's see. How tough is it to buy in when you're not seeing the results that you think you should see? Well, I mean, just is everybody's different
2: because how long. is is too long, you know, I mean, it's been two years and you got people ready to jump off the cliff. And, you know, the first two years as a head coach is still not fully your recruited team yet. You know, you still try to get things in order, hire on the fly, make the transfers to to build the bridge gaps as you're trying to find the right pieces. So for me, it could take a five year period if you really giving a guy a chance. But some schools take one year, some schools take two. Um, for Notre Dame, you get a uh, you get in a tough situation where you have to win now and win a lot. Now, not like you don't get really uh, you don't get a real grace period, and you know the nine and four is great for eighty five percent of the country.
3: 9-4 Not Notre Dame, even if you a first-year head coach, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready
0: for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: The video made me think about that. Because I thought it was amazing. Dude, the pilots were so calm in the video. (laughs) I'm looking at all of this darkness and turbulence and, like, what they're flying through, and I'm like, yo, that's bananas. And they're just sitting there, like, looking at their gauges. Like, well, all right. All right.
3: And at some it's,
2: point, it's probably, it's probably the same. It's probably the same as like how you play in front of eighty thousand people and you don't really recognize it. You know, no. being at Notre Dame, you're on the field. It's it's it looks crazy if you start going like this. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of people. But in the game, you don't even be thinking about it. You just be like, all right, let me not get my head blown off by you know Chase Young on his edge. Let me pay attention. <laughs> I me mean, look alive and not be looking in the stands and acting crazy you know
1: and it made me think about marcus freeman and you talked about it like yo it seems like he's been on the hot seat from the time he took the job but at what point in the midst of all of the turbulence that he's trying to guide this program through <laughs>
3: at what point does he hit
1: a calmness in the midst of the storm or a peace in the midst of the storm to be able to calmly say, we got this. We're still going to get to where we need to go. Don't worry about it, right? Because the crazy thing is the only people that really know what you've really been through, are the ones flying the planes because us in the back we just feel it but we haven't seen we we didn't see it that's what stuck out to me the pilots are actually seeing the craziness like marcus freeman is literally seeing all of the craziness fan base just feels it that's it we're just along for the ride we're just feeling it you know Coaching staff—they probably see a lot of things, but at some point, uh, yeah, at some point, you just have to recognize, man, that Marcus Freeman—and I think he's—I think he's getting into that place where he's comfortable in his skin, left, and I think he's starting to become that leader in the midst of the turbulence of trying to get everything corrected and back on track and in the right direction. Well, Man, you know,
2: when you when you in a position that many think that, that how'd you get this position, you're probably starting with your hair on fire. Right. <laughs> and I think that Marcus Freeman understands that he can't come in here and act like it's the last 10 years with that coach where he can just start golfing after year three. He doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. And I think it speaks to a lot of his uh, dedication to uplifting the program over the hump that, you know, I do think Coach Kelly's a great coach. Obviously, he's still having success early on. Just getting down there, and that's a worse situation starting off than what ours was, you know. And he beat Bama the first year. So even he, in 10 years, couldn't get it done. So Marcus Freeman's commitment to at least making it look different, like Gerard Parker always says, Jared Gerard, however, he said, <laughs> uh, he's done that. And I think that's what's got the fan base in the chokehold that we we might have struck lucky first coach after a coach that has so much uh success in accolades at the school before. Cause usually, you know, you have a Hall of Fame caliber type of Coach for that long of a tenure, it's it's a struggle, bus, to find a consistent coach right after that. Just like the NFL finding quarterbacks right yeah. after a Hall of Famer leaves.
1: Right, so we're still on the right path. Man, it's incredible that when you think about it, and the reason that video stuck out to me because I was like, "Yo, this reminds me of." the first year and a half years at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman. Because it truly has been, man, from Tommy in Miami last year, the offensive head coach stuff, the other things <laughs> with assistants that he wanted us staff and You know, reportedly, you know, Chancey wasn't Tommy Reese's guy for a wide receiver coach. Like, as a head coach, why are you battling your offensive coordinator (laughs) to hire somebody as a
2: staff? Like, what? What? Because he's the head coach of offense.
1: You know, there you go to the offseason. Tommy Reese finally leaves. He wanted to do so, uh, you know, previously. The debacle of Andy Lovewig, how web where, do wherever you fall, whatever side of the coin you fall on with Andy Lovewig, it was a debacle. Taking the bullets for the school after that debacle publicly, which is what no, no, no. did. Being
2: told to take the bullets—that's a whole <laughs> different thing. It's one thing to like, you know, try to galvanize the and be right. like, we all take this out. Right. And being told to take it is—it's like, wait a minute, I didn't. I don't know about I don't know <laughs> about that. I I thought I was being good character, and, and you know, by trying to take up arms and try to diffuse the. But you got a whole script. I gotta read. I'm not reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading that for I'll do it, but come on now. And it's your second year. What are we talking about? So I do think that. Um, I think he's handled it a lot better than I think other coaches would. I don't think other coaches would – of of older tenure would fall in line with that. You know, I think you can get it off of Marcus Freeman now because he's young. You know, he hit him with some of the old head tricks. But I don't think Brian Kelly would have took no bullets. And he didn't. He never – matter of fact, Brian Kelly never <laughs> took bullets. <laughs> Mike Kelly be like, oh, no, no, no. He just got to get better or he didn't do something right or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. But, you know, he wouldn't – he got to the age where he said, like, I'm not taking no damn bullets. That's a young man's
1: sport. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I did that already once.
2: Hey, hey, Coach Kelly like, man, y'all made me take anger management courses. I can't yell at these kids no more. Right. Y'all, done, y'all done made me tamper down everything. So I'm gonna go go. <laughs> I had to fire, hired all my friends, fired all my friends, had to had to go through personal uh, uh, uh anger management courses with y'all. I had to handle the scandal with y'all. You know, I can't recruit who I want all the time. Cause you know, at Cincinnati, Coach Kelly getting kids from across the street, Vine Street, the hood. Having open tryouts with with the neighborhood, and Cincinnati got good because of that. That's some old head stuff. <laughs> but, so, so he 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 is clearly transitioned. I feel like now at LSU where, and they probably don't say much to him. You know, where at at, at Notre Dame they writing scripts for Marcus Freeman. You know, they got that chokehold on my brother right now. But he gonna. He gonna <laughs> He knows how to balance it well enough to still do his job. You know, a lot of people can't handle pressure like that. When 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 you when you're taking steps forward and they pulling your steps back at the same time, a lot of people can't handle that. So I do think that uh <laughs> what he has done and which I think you have to do at Notre Dame is buffer yourself with great coaches buffer this buffer yourself get get the analysts get the get the get the background guys walk around the office ed orgeron be like, is that ed orgeron walk around you got to bring them in buffer the the office in the building in the goo with with elite with elite people elite coaches i mean we had to hire the head coach for the packers as a quarterback coach you know he you know, that we need some of that energy in the building. And he's done that with uh, the linebacker that came, his boy. I forgot his name, Larenitis. Got Larenitis in there, got Al Golden in there. You know, hell, he probably still talked to Jim Trussell, just had Jim Trussell walk around the building and know some of that might, like, you know, fall off on us. You know what I mean? So that's the only way I think you can manage. Uh, being at Notre Dame as a head coach is buffering yourself with enough pieces that can you know take some of the, the load
1: off of your plate. Lucky Lucky Podcast well, I think we have a couple more questions before we get out of here left Omar Austin says uh, maybe my prior comments were a bit controversial but seriously do y'all think Zion might eat himself out of the league Six seven six eight two eighty at the three eight
2: yeah, and get out of New Orleans <laughs> that food too good down there I don't think that's a fight he
1: can win I'm a living witness that is not the place you want to be in trying to <laughs> try to get right wait
2: and you got all the money and, and access in the world man he probably walked down the street they like Zion get a free beignet beignet <laughs> platter I'm trying some of this gumbo over here Get some free crab legs. Oh, man. Yeah, I would lose. He's losing that weight battle. He probably should have went to Utah or something.
1: Me and my brother flew home to New Jersey for winter break from Tennessee State. Two months after 9-11, I slept the entire flight. Never been more hated by a full room.
2: I don't understand that.
1: Oh, I guess they didn't like the fact that he was asleep. During, during times where, you know, it was a high, people were highly vigilant. I guess that he was just like, I'm, I'm good. I can't sleep an entire flight, bro. Like, I have to chop my flight to LA up. Like, the first hour, I'll like, do something on a computer, the second hour, i'll uh like listen to music then the third hour i'll fade a little bit and take a nap and then i know like when i wake up from my nap we're pretty much almost there but people that sleep the entire flight man that has to be a really good feeling i can't do it
2: yeah i can get zero sleep on a flight so <laughs>
1: Less anxiety on planes, man, bro.
2: I got the third. I got. I'm the third pilot every time. You know, so bro, I think too crazy.
1: So this, this, so this trip to Ireland, how is that? Have no clue.
2: (laughs) They got some courses on Google on how to get over it, but you know, who knows? Could be just a money grab.
1: We'll see, man. I might document that. Malik's flight to Ireland, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for tapping in today, man. Today's show was really to show love to Marcus Freeman. And uh, we think he's raised the level of expectation and just changing the narrative overall in Notre Dame, even though we haven't seen results is happening in the background and just continue to stay strong continue to support him along with the rest of the squad and eventually through all the turbulence man we will reach our destination you know what time it is
0: peticor 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 Junction.
1: Petty Junction, the pettiest stories of the day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, Whiskey.com, the premium American whiskey, Whiskey.com. Dennis Schroeder, I got to throw you on the petty train, bro. Hey, man. <laughs> I understood why Draymond was upset last night, bro. Like, man, you know,
3: leg?
1: you know, dude, he was just like,
2: using the bend the corner. And like, come on.
1: Yeah. Grab my hip. Grab my upper torso. Grab anything. Bro, don't grab my knee. Be, for a basketball player.
2: I mean,
1: come
2: on. It's so much. Now, the I, didn't think,
1: I didn't think it was warranted. I think who was on the call? Mark Jackson was on the call. And I thought Mark Jackson said it well. It's not a flagrant foul, but it's a dirty play because, you know, as a player, dude, whether it's undercutting guys, you protect the legs of your fellow competitors.
2: OK, I agree with that. It was but just the angle. You know, he's he's short. Obviously, he just getting around the screen. I'm not you know. that's that's the, the played up theatrics is like, OK, yeah, he grabbed your knee. Could have been a little higher, but we talk about apples and oranges when it's happening so fast. When he flailed his leg out and oh, blah, 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 it's like okay, you know, all right, you got your, you got yours, you know. Cause LeBron had one with the charges, you know. LeBron be killing me taking these charges now. He's thirty eight. She <laughs> <you> doing LeBron?
1: <laughs> taking these damn charges. <laughs> it was finally good to see LeBron get an actual. Somebody actually had the heart to give LeBron a technical last night.
2: Oh what? Oh yeah, I know. Look, that ref. Is definitely hating number one. We just having a conversation. He want to get emotional. You don't know, get paid to be emotional. Paid to do your job. They the were call some crazy fouls. The one he over moses moody head. He ain't even touchy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was on the three point shot. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't
2: touch. even him. Touch so touch. I, if I'm LeBron, I'm like, what are we? What are we doing? Challenge that? Like, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, he didn't touch him. I'll give him that.
2: So he's dealing with that and having and missing threes. It's like, man, they they obviously they got this one. You know, you can win game two.
1: So yeah, I'm putting uh Cameron and uh Bates on the petty train. Man, they <laughs> they did not have to go at Jordan Poole as hard as they did.
2: Jordan Poole is going through enough, man. You don't know if he want to be on the Warriors or not. Then he act like he's Steph in the moments he shouldn't be. It's just like man, I'm oh trying to be a teammate, but how are you a teammate, man? When you done, it done the situation got blown way too much out of proportion.
3: So you
1: and, couldn't, if a dude, if you, <laughs> if somebody has smacked you in the locker room, I ain't smacking. <laughs> that what that see? What I'm saying it. What it
2: was so not cool of a of a thing. It's like you got even saying that you like. I don't even know how you could. Kevin Durant couldn't stay, and the man called the man the B word. That's that's one thing, but you stole on a dude. I'm talking about awesome, like, <laughs> and did it make the internet? And everybody talked about for a week and all this other stuff. Man, what would you do, Sean? Every day we got to fight.
1: Well, am I Draymond or am I Jordan Poole? If you're Jordan Poole, you don't want to be on that team with him. And how um, do you –
2: then, and then you get – okay, so you get into a game and if something happens, you know, you're having a disagreement. It's like, well, don't be saying nothing to me because now I got to fight you because I don't know what type of time
1: you're on. Well, I would have asked for a trade if I was Jordan Poole. I already got my contract.
3: I would have asked for a trade. If I didn't get the trade, then. Are you listening to
2: what Draymond trying to pump you up or trying to tell you what, you know, how to do something? You like, man, get out, my.
1: Probably not. But that's part of his problem. That's why he got two-pieced. His mouth and his attitude. I mean, that goes back to why he was in the situation. Running his mouth on the sideline of practice. Draymond asked him what he said. Like, what you say? He thought he was tough, so he said it again. Blip, 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 blip. Nice three-piece with a side of biscuit. Honey on the side. That's the way it goes. He got two, he got three-piece, bro. Hey, let me tell you something. Every cause I know every man, every man loves to act like they're super hard, right? Every man loves to act like he's super hard. Every man has been in a situation where they've had to count up the cost, my brother. Okay? You can say what you want to say. Every man has been in a situation where you've had to count up the cost. Not to say that you couldn't have. One on one took certain individuals or anything, but man, if it's like two of you and five of them, you might have to, you might have to take the L on this and just kind of be like, you know what, I'm walking away from this. Every man has been in a situation, dude, where you put your pride to the side and you say, you know what, the numbers aren't adding up for me, so <laughs> let me. Let me go ahead and let this kind of fade. Everybody, you know, you can't fight everybody. And Jordan Poole at that point in time should have recognized, dude, the key, when Draymond said, what you say? Like you saw his lips. He walked up to him and said, what you say? That should have been a clear sign to Jordan Poole like, hey, hold on. This This is escalating a little bit too far. But see, Jordan Poole is obviously, obviously he doesn't get it. He must not get it. Left, bro. If you're out in L.A. right now, and you say something to a dude in a okay, club, now you know that's a little different. That's not different, left. It's not different, dude. You know where to be on alert. Period. If you would, if you're in a crib with your boys, no, 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 no. If you're in a crib with your boys. And y'all just kicking it and playing or whatever. And somebody still walks up in your personal face and say, What you say? You still gonna you gonna laugh and probably back up a little bit, like yo, what you on? But you're gonna be on alert, like, yo, what's this? Okay,
2: I, I get that if it's your boys and you at the crib, if you in a in a basketball setting. Dude, And and especially on a team. This your teammate. This ain't at the wild or at la fitness. This mm-hmm. is a professional setting. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you get into it. You know, I got into it yesterday with my coaches about obviously a basketball conversation. This and then obviously it can get a little personal when regarding basketball. But it's what what are we gonna box or are we gonna play basketball? And I think when you get emotional like that, it doesn't look good because it's like we're men here. You know, obviously, you if they, if, they, if Jordan Poole calling him a B word and all that, okay, I get it. You know, if we if I'm just calling you sorry and we in practice and it's the heat of the moment or whatever, I mean you would you go foul out like that? You're the most be team leader. You ain't Michael Jordan, where I'm Steve Kerr now. Like, you know, I Bruh. just got paid a hundred million. I don't care who you are.
1: You're not walking up on me, dude.
2: No, okay, I agree with that. The walking up—I didn't think that Jordan was expecting that in practice. If this was on the street or at Boys' Crib, like you said, absolutely.
1: No, no, that's the point. Anywhere you're not walking up
3: on me. Anywhere. But that's what I'm saying. If they were calling each other to beware
2: and all that, okay. If he walk up, at, okay, then that, yeah, you're right. He should be ready. If I'm calling you
3: trash and you talk about what you say, I'm like, yeah, you trash, you sorry ass. But that's how that, but how is that different than 2K? You ain't never seen me play, you ain't never seen me
2: man play, but you say you'll beat him in 2K and he's trash. And you ain't never seen him play, it's no different. I do not say you were trash, guys.
1: I never said you were trash. I just know I'm better.
2: That implies that the other person's trash. How you better? Oh,
1: you think LeBron is better than Steph, but you don't think Steph is trash.
2: Okay, that's a good point.
1: (laughs) But it's still context to it. That's all I'm saying. Man walks up on you, be on high alert, bro. He didn't just walk up on you for no reason. And Draymond's the type of dude, he don't give a darn about practice. He's already proven that. The way he spoke to to KD in that huddle, he didn't do. That dude don't care. See you guys Monday. Great show. Uh, I'm not sure if I have an RTCF show tomorrow. I have to double check. Uh, I mean, that kind of is the Chicago, bro. In Chicago, you don't, man, no, nah, you don't get benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. I don't get the benefit of the doubt, man. We're
2: not. not. But you not think about it. This is probably not the first time they got into it about whatever. This ain't the first time they got into it about whatever, but Jordan's still thinking it's, it's basketball related. They're not arguing outside in the parking lot. So if they arguing outside the parking lot, okay, we, you know, that's one thing. If we have not back and forth in the basketball practice and this is, I'm assuming it's not the first time they got into it, but for whatever reason, this time you hitting me, oh yeah, we got to fight no.
3: for
1: real. <laughs> Don't walk up on me, bro. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Whatever you got to say, you can say for right there. When you get right here,
2: but you know how most dudes do. They, 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 they oh, what you saying? They, and they pushing and shoving. Draymond straight hit the dude. You, I, I, I thought Jordan said, oh, we're going to push. you going to get him up. I'm going to push you back. We did it. Man, this manager said, what? Well, it wasn't even no. So that's why I'm like, that's, that's wild, bro. That's wild. It's like, all right, bro. You just. No,
1: we're not, debate, like we're not right. debating whether or not Draymond was right. We're just further validating that Jordan Poole was a sucker. That's all.
2: Yeah, he got a sucker punch, yeah. He yeah, I mean He's I think sucker. most they got most sucker in that punch. situation would be caught off guard.
1: Would you agree? I would no No. No. you, so not you catching just steal it off on
2: people like that? You stealing Bruh, off on people
1: like that? That man, I'm on the baseline. That man is on the sideline. Yeah, that is man on the side walked that man walked line. all the way from the sideline. No, you're not how are you catching how you catch me off guard. Man, I how?
2: I thought he was, I thought he was like under the basket type shit already. No.
1: And Jordan, he came from way over he came there. way <laughs> right over there to under the bucket.
2: You're right. Okay, that's different. You're right. No. That's, that's
1: different. I'm totally on guard. Yeah, yeah. I
2: thought it was just like, he just staying out of, out of bounds and he under the basket, he just right no. there. And no. And he walked
1: way, way, I'm, yeah. But no. No, bruh. Uh-uh. The moment you cross the baseline, it's like, No. <laughs> Yeah. If he walks
2: far as hell to do all that, yeah, you got to be ready at that. Because what else you doing all that? You stay, like you said, you wait.
1: You open it. We can
3: argue from across the court.
1: Great show. Great weekend, everybody. Make sure you spend a different Be Back Monday with a special guest, Lucky Lucky Pock. <laughs>